Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed. Whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group, thanks for stopping by for today's episode when rushing players make sense and ask me questions if I was confusing. A term I occasionally use, as if everyone knows what I'm talking about, is rushing players. And since now is a quieter time, and I have some people who have been listening that hadn't been listening before, I figure now is a good time to discuss rushing players. My definition for rushing players is kind of simple. If you move a player to a level before they've proven they're better than the level before that. Fair enough? For instance, back in 2013, the Chicago Cubs drafted Chris Bryant, and he was playing in Eugene, and no, Boise. He was playing in Boise and shredding Boise, and they moved him up to Daytona. They entirely skipped the Midwest League. Why would I be in favor of that, or why would I be in opposition to that? Because that is rushing a player. And I I decided I'd come up with a list of examples are a list of reasons why rushing players make sense or it doesn't. Now, at the lower levels of the minor leagues, it really doesn't matter all that much, usually. But what has happened far too often with the Cubs, for instance, Starlin Castro was in A, and Jim Hendry's team was not doing well, and he decided to call up Starlin Castro from A to the majors. Now, it worked to an extent, but there were some downsides. When is it that it makes sense to call up a player and have him jump a level? At what point does that make sense? At what point does it not make sense? And are there any gambles involved? And in short, yes, there are some gambles involved. But a lot of times in baseball, there are gambles regardless. What times does it make sense to rush a player? What times does it not make sense to rush a player? A couple nights ago, I decided, since he came up on my screen anyway, I would do a little bit of research on Carlos Rodan, an early pick by the White Sox, early first rounder, what, third, fourth pick in the draft? And his career hasn't really developed. He just hasn't totally figured it out at the major league level. He's not truly a starter. He's he struggled in September as a reliever. Doesn't really have a home. And he's been around the league for a while, so he's not really cost-controlled anymore, and he can't really be sent back down. And the White Sox have had a tendency to have pitchers 
not properly developed. Same with the Cubs. The Cubs have had players, pitchers especially, not develop as well. It's a delicate balance. However, what the White Sox have done rather regularly, and generally it hasn't worked out, is they completely skip some of the lower levels of the minor leagues. Now, that's their choice. If that's their development method, then that's their development method. But I don't think it really works particularly well. With Rodon, with Carson Fulmer, and, of course, most recently with um, Garrett Crochet, the lower levels of the minor leagues were entirely ignored. The basic premise being, the quicker we get them to the major leagues, the quicker they can contribute at the major league level. Well, that's true. However, sometimes there are things that a player learns at the lower levels that are helpful. Now, back to my rules on when it makes sense to rush a player. I have three rules, and somebody might disagree with some of them or all of them, and that's cool. But I generally don't like the idea of hurrying players past any levels. The Bryant situation, there was a bit of a reason for it, actually two, but again, It's not necessarily a, you have to get yeses on all the questions or you don't do it. Asking the questions and talking them through is kind of helpful, though. Step one for deciding whether it's okay or not to rush a player. And this is kind of the big one. I guess I should probably hold it for number three. This is kind of the big one. No serious repercussions. For instance, when the Cubs decided to have Chris Bryant jump from short season ball to advanced A, completely missing over the Midwest League, there are no serious repercussions. If Bryant would have gotten to the Florida State League and absolutely stunk the joint up and was totally ill-prepared for it, Cubs could have just sent him back to Kane County. No no punishment, no no blowback, no no worries. The Cubs thought that he was probably good enough to jump from Eugene to Daytona, South Boise to Daytona, and he was. He was better than the Northwest League level. He was better than the Midwest League level. He... He proficiencyed. He proficiencyed up to the Florida State League, and there were no repercussions. If there is no reason to expect any sort of a blowback, that's one part of the consideration. If there's no reason to think that moving this player to the next level before they have mastered the level before, if there are no serious repercussions, then that that gets a green check mark. You're you're allowed. If there's nothing really holding you back, go ahead, do it. 
Um, quite often, though, with pitchers, pitchers are adducts. When you're looking at a pitcher who you are counting on as a starter, starting pitcher, doesn't matter if it's a, as a, an ace or as a two or as a three, any of those dumb imagined numbers. What a pitcher has to do to get good enough to be at the major league level is to have his best pitch, his second pitch, his third pitch, his fourth pitch, all usable at the MLB level. If he has a four-pitch repertoire and only two of them are usable at the major league level, he's not ready. So, where does one develop those secondary and tertiary pitches at the minor league level? Preferably at the very low minor league level. If a kid is sent out in the Midwest League to pitch, okay, you've got the first six innings, we, get, we have a 90-pitch limit on you, go do it. The goal should probably be to work on all four of his pitches, assuming he has four. If he has three, work on all three of them. Sometimes one of the pitches won't be there, and the pitcher will have to kind of work around it. I just didn't have my slider today, so I had to use my changeup more. My fastball just wasn't locating, so I needed my curveball to work. That's the mindset of a pitcher. Because sometimes he will show up in a major league game and his number one pitch just won't be there. I remember the story of 1967. The Boston Red Sox were playing the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series. And Ken Hawk Harrelson walks back to the dugout and says, that's it, guys. Gibson has no fastball today. He has no fastball. He's lost it. So for the rest of the day, Bob Gibson developed a mad splitter. He didn't need his fastball. He went to a pitch he never used because he never needed to use it. The good pitcher at the major league level has three or four or five pitches they can use. Or if you're you Darvish, 12. And you go out there and represent with the pitch or the pitches that you have that night, and you develop them. The slider only gets better if it's used enough. The curveball only gets better if it's used enough. The White Sox have historically signed early draft picks and moved them to the advanced day level. Well, that gets them real close to the major leagues, that's for sure. But I don't know how that's helping them develop their second, their third, their fourth pitches. And I'm not a pitching guru, but Carson Fulmer never developed his second, third, or fourth pitches. Carlos Rodon never developed his second, third, or fourth pitches. Maybe if he had spent a bit more time in the lower levels, he could have done that. Now let's look at Garrett Crochet. The, the White Sox decided they needed him at the major league level. Well, he was doing really well, except now he's injured 
and there are serious repercussions. First off, he's going to take up a 40-man roster spot for until whenever. And he's not going to, over the next offseason, that's going to be a totally wasted spot. They have a 39-man, 40-man roster because Garrett Crochet is going to take up one of those spots and they can't do anything about it. Repercussions matter. 40-man roster spots are important. 40-man roster spots are the way you can pick up players on waivers for dirt cheap. It's really helpful. Second reason for possibly rushing a player. You have no other option available. The Cubs have been in that situation a number of times somewhat recently. I mentioned Starlin Castro, Ian Happ kind of fit into that. Um, Nico Horner certainly fit into that category where there's just nobody else that they could plug in. Nada, nothing, nobody. If you have nobody else to call up, well, I guess that's what you do. But that's not a good thing. It's not, if you're in a situation where more often than you would like, your emergency calling up a player who isn't specifically ready to play at that level yet. What should have happened with App? He was at A ball. Um, then the next year he moved to advanced day and jumped to double A. And then from double A, as I remember, he got called up to the majors. He never had time in triple A to get used to that level of pitching. And at each level, pitchers do different things. And at the AAA level, if Hap would have been crushing the AAA level, then it would have made absolute perfect sense to call him up. Why? Is it because he's needed on the roster? Is it because, no, 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 it's because he's crushing the league. He's better than the league. He should be called up now. Chris Bryant was that way. He was better than advanced A, they moved him up to AA. He was better than AA, they moved him to AAA. He was better than AAA, they moved him up to the major leagues. That's how it's ideally supposed to work. With a pitcher, with a hitter, whichever one. If you're better than a level, then you move up. If you're better than that level, then you move up again. The problem is when, well, we absolutely need this player a level higher than he's proven that he's good at, so we're going to rush him. And that doesn't work very well sometimes. It really doesn't. Um, the third thing to keep in mind if a player is being rushed, do so with an admission of error, an admission of fault. Yeah, we called up Horner early, and we wish we wouldn't have. Probably we should do a better job of developing internally so we don't have to do that. You see how, yes, I'm doing it, but we shouldn't have done it. In the future, we ought to do this other thing. If a team is willing to say, yeah, we kind of screwed up and we ought to do something differently, then uh, that's okay. That's fair. Uh, still not ideal. It would have been better to have him have the player, whoever it is, carve at one level before they go to the next. But at least if you're admitting that it was an emergency situation, we had to do that. A couple years back... Um, a minor leaguer was absolutely needed at a higher level. 
but because they didn't have a fill-in. So they called the guy up. Well, it was no huge problem, but it was, uh, well, we should probably have this situation better accounted for in the future. If the organization realizes, you know what, we'd probably better prevent that from happening as often in the future, then that's a good step, a step in the right direction. The White Sox seem to love their strategy of we're going to aggressively place all of our pitchers in the first round and hope nothing bad happens. It worked really well for Chris Sale. It worked very well for Chris Sale. So since then, the Cubs have tried, the White Sox have tried the same thing with Carlos Rodon, Carson Fulmer, and Garrett Crochet. It hasn't worked as well. Sale was the outlier. Sale was the one that should not have been expected to work that well. All four of them were aggressively rushed. The Cubs have a tendency to stick with a pitcher too long as a starting pitcher. And then when they finally run out of options or patience or whatever, they end up trading him to another team. And the other team says, yep, this guy's a reliever. They plug him in as a reliever, and he's really good fairly soon. That happened this year with Thomas Hatch. The Cubs were trying to turn Thomas Hatch into a starting pitcher, and he was developing, he was developing, and when Toronto got him, he said, oh, forget, forget that de developing stuff. We're going to use him as a reliever right now. And it worked. If it works, then there's really not a whole lot to argue about. He did well in spring training, and he did well in major leagues, and people are asking, why did the Cubs miss on Thomas Hatch? Well, they're still trying to turn him into a starting pitcher when he probably wasn't one. So it's, it's a little bit of give and take. It's not that the Cubs do everything well. If the Cubs did everything well, they would still be playing baseball this year. Rushing players is generally not a good idea. Ideally, master one level, move to the next. Master that level, move to the next. Master that level, move to the next. That's the way that makes the most sense. There might be an instance where, for this reason or that, eh, this guy really doesn't need to go to that level. And if it doesn't uh, impair his development, it's all fine. There's no worries. But quite often when a player is rushed, when a player is hurried, when a, I think on his way up, I know it was a different ownership, uh, it was a different ownership group and it was a different front office. Corey Patterson skipped two levels. He, let's see, what was it? He, he played in the Midwest League and then he skipped Advanced A and then he skipped Triple A. Corey Patterson was as good as a, the Cubs have had ever as far as a draft and develop center fielder. But had they taken more time to develop him, he might have been even better. But, you know what happened? The Cubs had nobody else available. You know what else? They didn't ad admit any wrongdoing. You know what? Because there were no other options available and they didn't admit to any wrongdoing, there were serious repercussions. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs, go, and be nice to people.